everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Turner, and we're back again with another podcast here to talk about the UNCW game this past Wednesday. Uh, the men's basketball team obviously getting a pretty routine 97-69 victory over the, the visiting Seahawks. Going to talk a little bit about that game as well. Talk a little bit about some football coaching hires and some other football-related stuff. And then uh, we'll go ahead and end the podcast. It's been about a little over a week since I've been on here doing another podcast. And it's really because it's just been pretty slow in surrounding Carolina over the past few weeks or so, since really since uh, Carolina's last basketball game against Michigan. I mean, the basketball team obviously in season right now with football ending. Um, once Mac Brown was hired, we talked about some of the coaching hires last week. And since then, there's been a few more developments, like I said, which we'll touch on. But um, between that and, and the basketball team only playing two games in about a 15-day span since that Michigan game, there's just not been a lot of talk about in relation to North Carolina right now. But figured I had to get back on this week. I try to get at least a couple of podcasts out a week. And since it's already Friday of this week, figured I'd come on here real quick and give you guys an update with some of the things going on across UNC athletics at the moment. So guys, let's go ahead and jump into this recap of the UNC-UNCW game uh, this past Wednesday, a game in which I had the opportunity to be at, and a game in which North Carolina was able to come out with a win over former UNC assistant, excuse me, C.B. McGrath's UNCW Seahawks team, Jackie Manuel, uh, guard on the 2005 National Championship team, also an assistant coach for the Seahawks as well. So really was like a homecoming for a couple of guys. Obviously, C.B. McGrath only left a couple of seasons ago after Carolina won the 2017 National Championship over Gonzaga. So he's had a tough time at Wilmington last year. Obviously, Kevin Keats, their former coach now at NC State, had them in a really good position before he left. And then when Keats took the NC State job, a lot of guys left along with him, had a few transfers, and UNCW struggled a little bit last season and sitting at 4-6 and six right now after the loss to Carolina. So not the greatest start of the season again, but I think C.B. McGrath, based on the type of person he is, got to talk to the media a little bit afterwards and seems like a really intelligent guy. Roy Williams said he was one of his favorite, you know, most favorite people in the world. And McGrath was at Carolina for about 17 years. Um, excuse me, actually 14 years, um, 2003 to 2017 when he left. So cool to have a little bit of a reunion like that and Always a warm reception uh, from the Carolina fans, from the Carolina coaches, and, and from for, former players at Carolina as well. So really was a cool experience, and um, was good to see McGrath and Jack Emanuel back in the Smith Center uh, for Carolina. I'm sure they would have liked a different result, but things went as planned for North Carolina. Like I said, improved to 7-2, and two, number 14 Tar Heels, 97-69 victory over the visiting Seahawks. Looking at the stat sheet, Cam Johnson had the big game for North Carolina, if you Actually, go on over to my Twitter at Jacob Turner THI. I wrote a little sidebar story about Cam Johnson after the game that you can check out. It's actually pinned to my profile. And you can also find it retweeted at Carolina Talk Pod on Twitter. So be sure to go follow both those accounts if you haven't yet and check us out over there. But Cam Johnson's 21 points really led the Tar Heels. I thought he was the best player on the court on Wednesday night. Um, he, he scored from a little bit of any, everywhere, uh, hit threes, hit floaters, hit a few and ones in the lane, hit a few short jump shots as well. So Cam Johnson, a good overall game. He played most minutes out of the whole team as well. 28 points, 50% shooting from the floor. Only three of eight, of eight from three, which he said after the game when I was talking to him, 
that he would really like to improve on that. And he needs to do better than that from three if he wants to be the type of player he knows he can be. But 21 points and five rebounds. So good game from Cam Johnson. You can't complain with those stats. If he can give us 21 points um, every night, then Carolina's going to be a really difficult team to beat. Obviously, Kobe White didn't play in that game, so 7th Woods got the start for the Tar Heels. Only 7 points for 7th Woods and and 3 assists, so not a huge game for 7th Woods. Had 3 assists and 3 turnovers, so like I said, it really wasn't a a great game uh, for Woods, but he did everything that Carolina needed him to. He played solid at the point guard position, 24 minutes for him, and was, was really impressed with how um, calm and composed he looks for the most part uh, this season and obviously had that concussion uh, when Carolina was in Las Vegas came back against Michigan uh, a game in which the whole team played pretty poorly and then um, got the his sole start of the season with Kobe White out with a little bit of an ankle tweak he'll be fine for the Gonzaga game coming up and Roy Williams said that he could have actually played against UNCW but you know a game like that you wouldn't think Carolina needed him as it turned out they didn't need White. So 7th Woods got the start, 3 or 5 from the field. He had he had a nice little step back too, really deep too. I thought it was a 3 when I saw it during the game. That was really nice. Um, also had some good passes and did some nice things to transition at times as well. So 7th Woods, a decent performance. Um, not a guy that you expect to score a ton of points anyway. So 7 points from him, kind of what you would expect. Kenny Williams, 11 points and 8 assists. Eight. Kenny Williams was dropping dimes all night against the Seahawks. He had... Some great, great passes and made some really good passes for North Carolina and was really the catalyst of the offense. Uh, didn't have a ton of points with 11, but eight assists and five rebounds it is good for him. Three turnovers. We'd like to see that cut down on a little bit. But Carolina, for the most part in the game, had 19 turnovers, so it wasn't the best performance in terms of that. And Roy Williams certainly wasn't happy with, happy with that either, but UNCW had 19 turnovers, or excuse me, 25 turnovers, so a little bit better of a night for North Carolina on the turnover side of the ball but if they do that against Gonzaga it may be a long night for the Tar Heels are definitely going to have to play better than that against the number one team in the country on December 15th we'll also touch a little bit on that game in a second as well but let's just finish talking about UNCW real quick uh Cam Johnson 21 points led all scores Kenny Williams 11 points seventh Woods seven points like I've mentioned also Garrison Brooks got the start again seven points six rebounds pretty quiet night for him Luke May 11 points and nine rebounds, so almost a double-double for Luke May. Let's go ahead and look at some of the bench players from North Carolina. Nazir Little played 21 minutes, so he played just as many minutes as Garrison Brooks and one less minute than Luke May. So Nazir Little got a lot of playing time, five for nine from the floor, 14 points and five rebounds. Three turnovers as well, so something that everybody on the team is to cut down on, but Nazir Little especially, uh, three turnovers, especially for a guy who's more known as a scorer and not necessarily a playmaker. So Nazir Little's got to cut down on those. Brandon Huffman actually got some playing time as well late on and early in the game. Seven points for him, three rebounds in six minutes. So pretty good stat line for Brandon Huffman in terms of how many minutes he played. Sterling Manley, 18 minutes, eight points, and 10 rebounds. Only two points away from a double-double. So good night for Sterling Manley as well. I thought he did some nice things. Had a few good plays in transition. I know he missed a a transition layup in which he actually dribbled the ball down the court uh, on the break and and went up and kind of double clutched it and went around the guy and it just ended up missing but Nazir Little had the follow-up dunk so that was cool to see from Sterling Manley he's a big guy running the floor uh Leaky Black 14 minutes only four points for Leaky uh three assists and no turnovers so that's what you want to see from a guy like Leaky Black no turnovers for the true freshman and besides that that's really it Angie Playtech played 11 minutes as well hit one three four points on the night uh no rebounds no assist and one turnover so I think everybody that you would expect to play well did 
Uh, like I said, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams, and Luke May, they did enough. They didn't. Nobody played great maybe besides Cam Johnson, but even he missed some open threes and, and could have played a little bit better, but he was really the catalyst behind North Carolina that night and um, was just really a routine win for the Tar Heels. I can't really say anything more than that. If you look at UNCW's stat line, only scored 69 points. Jean Tall Silla led the Seahawks with 16 points, 6 rebounds, and then Jay Estime, 12 points for him as well, 4 for four of 6 shooting. Silla was 6 for 14 shooting. So not a bad night from those two guys, but in terms of just UNCW's whole performance, they didn't shoot very well, only 35% from the floor, only 29% from three, and it just wasn't really a, a team that had enough firepower on it when it comes down to it to, to beat a team as talented as North Carolina. They actually played pretty well in the first half, though. Uh, if you really look back on it, they kept it very close, up, really up until halftime. Carolina was able to pull away a little bit. I don't remember what the, the score line. Actually, excuse me, it was 44-35 to 35 at half, so a nine-point lead. But Carolina kind of pulled away at the end of the half a little bit. And then I think Carolina in the second half went on like a 35-5 to five run or something like that and ended up winning the second half 53-34. to to 34, a better performance from them and a better defensive performance than they had in the first half as well. So in the press conference afterwards, Roy Williams was, it was an interesting press conference to say the least. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. You can find it on YouTube, uh, Tar Heel Illustrated's YouTube. You can also find it at GoHeels.com and stuff like that as well. But go check that press conference out. It was an entertaining one to be in. It was only like seven minutes long. I think only two reporters asked questions because Roy Williams wouldn't let him. It really, he wasn't because he was super frustrated or anything, but he had some um, some some pretty funny quotes, pretty laughable quotes on the Bojangles biscuit giveaway that they do when Carolina scores over 100 points. I don't know if you remember, but I think Carolina went like 0 for 4 in the final 30 seconds from 3 as, uh, as the walk-ons and reserves were, were trying to get that 100-point mark for the fans. It was pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, but definitely go check out Roy Williams' press conference if you haven't. He had some uh, cool things to say, some funny things to say, and also a, a unique story about uh, the late George H.W. Bush. It was a pretty entertaining press conference, to say the least. So, like I said, go check that one out on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet. But that's all I really got to say about the, the North Carolina-UNCW game. I thought the crowd was pretty lax for days ago. I tweeted about it a few times during the game. Uh, they got, got up a little bit in the second half, but for the most part, it was a pretty quiet crowd, 9 p.m. game. wasn't a sold-out Smith Center, but still a good crowd. And for the most part, there's really not a lot to say about it. It was just a routine win for Carolina, and now they turn their focus to December 15th, the matchup with number one ranked Gonzaga in Chapel Hill, and that's going to be a very entertaining one for anybody, any college basketball fan, especially Carolina and Gonzaga fans, of course, but that's just going to be a primetime matchup, Saturday night matchup, 7 p.m. game. The number one ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs will be coming into Chapel Hill. They do have a difficult game um, this Sunday, actually, against number seven ranked Tennessee, so I don't know how that game will go it's at Tennessee it'll be interesting to see how Gonzaga matches up against them so right now Gonzaga might be the number one team coming in but if they do drop that game to Tennessee then it might be a different story but still a very very good Gonzaga team a Bulldog team that Carolina hasn't played since the 2017 national championship win so it should be a really fun one to watch and should be just a a fun positive enjoyable experience for any basketball fan it might be a little bit stressful for Carolina fans at times yeah, because Gonzaga is a really talented team, but it's going to be a fun one to watch and a primetime game and a chance for a big-time statement victory for the Tar Heels. Obviously, that coming up after a 10-day break, Carolina doesn't play again 
uh, until that December 15th matchup. So they've got a 10-day window to prepare and hopefully improve on defense. I think that's what Roy Williams is going to be hoping on for this Carolina team. But if Carolina comes out, plays like they can, and, and Gonzaga misses some shots and, and doesn't you know come out and shoot 50%, 60% like some Carolina opponents are accustomed to doing or like to do against Carolina, I don't know if it's a bad defense or, or just luck or a little bit of both, but if Carolina can play well and Gonzaga uh, can have some things go the other way like you would expect for them, especially since they're on the road in a hostile environment, I'm sure the Dean Dome will be rocking. I think Carolina can get that statement victory that they've been searching for this season. We'll talk a little bit about Gonzaga. We'll probably have a preview pod coming out for that as well. But, you know, Gonzaga 9-0 on the year. They beat the likes of Texas A&M, Arizona. They beat Duke to win the Maui Invitational as well. So they're a really, really good team. Um, they're led by the likes of Roy Hichimura and their sophomore guard, Zach Norville Jr. So a good Gonzaga team that has scores. And they got four guys that average uh, double figures, similar to what Carolina has with uh, Kobe White, uh, Cam Johnson, Kenny Williams and Luke May so it's it's just a good matchup it's a fun matchup to watch and it should be a good one uh, both teams are top five in the country right now in scoring offense I think Gonzaga's number two and Carolina's number four but both of them are actually in the 200s in scoring defense allowing I think in the mid 70s per game both of them so not two stellar defensive teams yet but two really really high profile high powered offenses that have guys that can score just all over the court so it should be a really, really fun game to watch. And like I said, we'll have a little bit of a preview podcast next week for that one because we've still got, what, eight days until that game even takes place. So looking forward to it, and hopefully I'll be there. We'll see. I haven't got credential for that one yet, but would love to be there and cover that game because, like I said, I think it'll be a really, really unique experience to to watch. And I'm assuming, and I think I'm pretty confident when I say the Dean Smith Center will be rocking, the students will be packing that out. And that should be a sold-out matchup uh, because of how high profile of a game it is. So Gonzaga coming into Chapel Hill next Saturday, 7 p.m. game, big-time game between the two opponents, and hopefully Carolina can come out with a big victory in that one. But guys, let's go ahead and switch our focus over to the football side of things and talk about one more hire that Mac Brown has brought in over the past week or so, and that's defensive line coach Tim Cross. Uh, Cross spent five seasons at Air Force prior to coming to Chapel Hill. Uh, I know he just landed this week. I saw a tweet uh, that he sent out. Seems like a really cool guy, really energetic, really fun guy to be around. So Tim Cross, excited to have him in as the defensive line coach. Actually spent some time at Texas with Mac Brown. Spent two seasons at Syracuse as well, and four seasons at Minnesota as the associate head coach and D-line coach. So he's been around a little bit. He was a strength and conditioning coach at Texas under Mac Brown from 2001 to 2004 and 2011 to 2013. So he's had two stints with Mac Brown, obviously a guy that Mac Brown trusts and really likes, and also played football as a linebacker at Northern Colorado, was also the assistant football coach at Air Force uh, last year. Well, that was his first year as the assistant head football coach. So a guy that's just really sought after, a guy that's really good at what he does. And like I said, I think he's a guy that's very energetic and a guy that's really just going to bring some positive energy and some really, really good coaching to this Carolina defensive line. I think that's what they need because there's a lot of talent on Carolina's defensive line. And I think if they can just bring in the right guy to rally the troops and continue to do, to develop players, then they can be really, really good and maybe one of the top D lines in the ACC. And I think Cross is a guy that can come in and help them get there. Also, real quick, Tommy Thigpen was confirmed uh, to be regained on staff or kept on staff, whatever you want to call it. Larry Fedor uh, hired him last year, obviously, was here at Carolina for a year. 
uh, Thigpen was, and Mac Brown decided to keep him around. Obviously, Thigpen played uh, under Mac Brown at Carolina, and uh, you know Thigpen's just a, a really good recruiter first and foremost. He was at Tennessee before he came to Carolina last year, and was one of the top recruiters in the country. It's probably one of the main re- reasons. Uh, that Mac Brown kept him on staff, but obviously has a relationship with him too. Uh, he's kept on staff to be the co-defensive coordinator and the safeties coach for North Carolina. Was an all-ACC linebacker uh, back in the 90s under Mac Brown. And I think he's just a guy that, especially as a recruiter, is going to bring a lot to the program. I think it's good that Brown's keeping a guy like Thigpen around. He's already got a relationship with the players. He, he's already related to Carolina in so many ways. So I think Thigpen is a, is a smart guy to keep around. And I don't blame him for that at all. And maybe he'll be groomed to maybe be the defensive coordinator one day, obviously now as the co-defensive coordinator and the safeties coach. So I think those two additions are, I guess, one addition and one guy regained on the on the staff or kept on the staff are, are really good moves for North Carolina. I, I just don't think they're going to hurt Carolina at all, especially on the recruiting trail. So based on Mac Brown's hires right now, Tim Bruce has been confirmed associate head coach, tight ends coach, Tim Cross, defensive line coach. Tommy Thigpen, co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach, and obviously Dre Bly kept around as well. And it'll be interesting to see who Mac Brown decides to bring in as the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Those are obviously two of the biggest hires. And um, still haven't hired any of those guys yet. There's rumors swirling around about some potential candidates, but I'm not going to get into that too much. Until it happens, nothing's official, and uh, I don't want to sit here and just do rumor mill all day for the next 20, 30 minutes. So if you haven't, go check out some stories and there's some rumors floating around Twitter. Don't believe everything you see on Twitter, obviously. But you can kind of get an idea of who Carolina might be bringing in at those two coordinator positions. Obviously, those are super, super important uh, for what Carolina needs to do and what Mac Brown plans on doing going forward. There were some rumors circulating that Mike Sanford might be the guy. He was a former coach at Western Kentucky for a few years. Has also spent some time uh, as offensive coordinator at some really good programs across the country as well. Uh, just got fired from Western Kentucky after two seasons. A little bit bizarre. Uh, didn't have a horrible record there. Started off pretty good. Uh, had a winning record. And then last year won about four games and was fired from a Western Kentucky program that really isn't that good in the first place. So it was kind of weird to see him get fired. But there were some rumors, like I said, circulating around that Mike Sanford might be the guy coming in. But those have kind of died down here recently. And it doesn't look like he's going to be the guy uh, going forward. But we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to kind of see what happens as things can continue to develop. Obviously, it's still very, very early in the season, and there's still a lot of time for Mac Brown to, to get what he needs in the offseason and bring it in uh, as Carolina goes into spring ball here in the next few months. But obviously, for, for, for recruiting purposes, you'd like to have guys in as early as possible, but you got to make sure you get the right guys going in, and you got to make sure that the hires you're making are going to improve your team and improve your coaching staff and are going to make everybody happy, not only fans, not only players, but you know Mac Brown himself. He's the most important guy when it comes down to it. If he's happy, everybody else should be happy because Mac Brown, the Hall of Famer, just inducted to the Hall of Fame a couple of days ago. Congratulations to him on that. Um, knows what he's doing, and if anybody's going to get this program back on track, I think it's Mac. So, guys, that's going to do it for me. I wanted to keep this podcast nice and short. I'll be back next week with another one. Obviously, we'll try to have a Gonzaga preview on here. We'll also be talking some other stuff. And if you haven't, I'm not getting paid to do this. Obviously, I've been interning at Tar Heel Illustrated. And um, definitely go subscribe over there if you haven't. Go sign up for the services. You can get access to premium content, pre premium boards, stuff like that. Definitely go over to NorthCarolina.Rivals.com. Sign up for that. And Andrew, a boss, actually just tweeted out a story a few hours ago about a couple of flipped guys that may be flipping their commitments um, here 
to Carolina. One of them guys, I'm not going to say who it is, is an in-state North Carolina guy, three-star. That's all I'm going to say. But if you want to check that out, be be sure to go over uh, to Rivals.com, NorthCarolina.Rivals.com, and subscribe uh, to get all that access to content. You get news before anybody else does. You get access to rumors. Uh, you get access to just things going on in and around Carolina. Andrew Jones, the head guy over there, is, is great at what he does. So I'll definitely go check that out if you haven't. And definitely subscribe if you can afford it. It's not too expensive. And if you're a diehard Carolina fan, man, it's worth it. Get to stay in the loop. Get to stay in the know. There's game message boards during basketball games, football games. And it's just a really fun place to be but thanks guys for listening again we'll be back next week like i said and um if you haven't already go follow up me at jacob turner thi on twitter and go follow this podcast at carolina talk pod as we try to grow the carolina talk podcast family and thanks for everybody that continues to listen and continues to support you can find this podcast as always on anchor on spotify and on apple Podcasts. so thanks so much guys and uh go heels pack it up pack it in let me begin no win, battle me, that's a sin I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up Try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up Get up, stand up, come on, throw your hands up If you got the feeling